Podcast fans, uh, welcome back to another edition of Den and Kev do a podcast. This is Dan speaking. We got Kev here. Uh, sorry, I've been uh, able to put on an edition of the podcast for a couple weeks. You know, life gets in the way sometimes, fall break, all that good stuff. But we are back uh, for a special edition, talking NFL today, talking World Series, talking basketball, maybe a little soccer, maybe a little puck. Uh, we'll see how she goes. Two words, the best two words in all of sports. Game seven, Houston Astros, Los Angeles Dodgers, Lance McCullers on the la- on the mound for Houston Astros versus you Darvish. Um, big game. This um, this has been a series, hasn't it, Dan? Huge, huge game tonight. Obviously, um, Kev said it best. Best two words in sports. Game seven. Um, we have Lance McCullers and you Darvish. Uh, should be a great game. Uh, a lot on the line tonight. Obviously, the series has been great so far. Um, game five was one of the best games I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, you know, crazy home run after crazy home run. Um, just back and forth. Juice baseballs. What more could you say about this series? Um, these uh, Both these pitchers have a... Uh, they both pitched game three. And there was a little bit of controversy going back with um, one of the Astros players making a... Um, Gurriel, or, yeah. Yeah, Gurriel making a remark towards you, Darvish, doing a little slanted eyes because he's Asian. Um... You'd like to see you Darvish come back and be a lot better than what he was that game, but I'm rooting for the uh, the Astros here. You? Uh, yeah, I think you Darvish is definitely out for blood now that he was made fun of by Gurriel. But I'm on Team Dodgers here. I think um, a lot of people got on the Astros bag, uh, bandwagon in the past couple of years and wanted them to do something. But I'm on Team Dodgers now. I don't know. I don't have a specific reason as to why they're not really underdogs. They have one of the best pay, uh, highest payrolls in the MLB, but. They're a fun team to watch. I'm a big fan of Bellinger, big fan of Jock Peterson. Uh, so I want the I want the Dodgers to take this one. I think with the Red Sox losing to the Astros, I think I just want them to win because then I can say the Red Sox lost to the World Series champion. But Jose Altuve is fun to watch. Uh, Springer's fun to watch. Carlos Correa, all three of them are just mashing it. Gaddis has the stupidest batting stance I've ever seen, but somehow he gets around it. Um, the pitching's been suspect at best. Everyone, there's so many home runs. It's so fun to watch. That's a good point about the Red Sox Astros thing. I th- I think since the Astros beat my Yankees, I'm then automatically a fan of the other team because I want to see the Astros lose. I'm not a guy who's like, oh, if my team loses in the first round and that team makes it to the World Series and wins, that means my team could have beat the second place team. Like I'm not gonna speculate on that. So may- I think maybe that's where my fandom lies with the Dodgers because of the Astros beating the Yankees, but I don't really know. I don't. I just don't think I can be a fan of any LA team. I don't know. I think that's yeah. me personally. I think LA and Boston are like complete opposites, where it's like Boston's like kind of cold and tough, and like LA is like all sunny and ditzy, and they just want to do whatever they can. It's weird because I'm the same way. Like New York, LA, complete opposite. The Kings beat the Rangers in, in the Cup Finals three years ago. I'm still bitter about that, but. You know, I'll, I mean, Houston also needs this one, obviously, with the whole hurricane situation they had this past month. So it's definitely a, a weird series to root for. Um, a weird, weird. Houston's a way a weird team to root against. Is what I'm trying to say. So I'm not rooting against them. I guess I'm just rooting for the Dodgers a little bit more. Do you um Do you think Clayton Kershaw comes out of the bullpen tonight? Um, I I would love to see that. I don't I don't know if he does or not. One stat that's interesting. Is Kenley Jansen has thrown 109 pitches this series? Uh, to put that into context, is only nine pitches fewer than Rich Hill, who's a starter. 
and Kenley Jansen is a closer, so he's obviously tired. Um, you know, maybe Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, kind of sees that pitch count and goes with Kershaw late in the game to kind of close it out. Um, do you think Keuchel or Verlander are going to pitch? Verlander not a shot. He pitched last night. He's gassed. Yeah. He's done for the done forever on Houston. Uh, it'd be kind of cool if Keuchel and uh, Kershaw got back in there for like the fifth, and they just kind of like rock the whole thing until like the ninth. And then both teams just throw in their um, closers who have done terrible, and we just get we just get bonus ball, game seven bonus ball. I'd have that all day. Game seven bonus ball, double digit scores for each team. I think there would never be a, a better game played after that. I want Puig and Altuve to hit seven home runs apiece, and I want them pumping and fist pumping and jumping and being the most annoying people possible. Yeah, I, I mean. Altuve on the road is a whole different Altuve at home. I think at home he's the best player in the league, but on the road. He's... Yeah, um, even like the Astros in general, they're not even – they really have underperformed on the um, the road the whole playoffs. Right. But I think they're, what, 8-0, on, 8-0 at home? I think they're yeah, the they first have, they're ever. Undefeated. They're definitely undefeated at home. They're the first team to ever go 8-0 on the road – or 8-0 at home um, playoff history. I mean, you know Puig's getting a home run tonight. And he's bat flipping into the next universe. Into the stands, and I think the, I think the bat might just leave the stadium. He'll just throw it up, and like they'll find it in like Mars someday. He's gonna lick the bat, and then he's gonna throw it into the Milky Way galaxy for sure. Transitioning here to uh, the NFL, some football talk, pro football talk from your two favorite pros. Uh, the NFL trade deadline came and went. Uh, what did you see from the trade deadline, Kev? Um, I saw the Browns not, or Browns totally browning again, not getting AJ McCarron and selling like they did. Um, the Browns for 0.8 seconds thought they're gonna get AJ McCarron, so they started celebrating prematurely, and turns out they didn't turn the papers in. So the NFL negated their trade. It's um, it's comical. Laugh out loud, funny. That is utterly brutal uh, for this franchise because a lot of people are saying that A.J. McCarron might be better than Andy Dalton. The Bengals just haven't switched quarterbacks yet. Um, So apparently the Bengals and Browns agreed to send... The Browns agreed to send a a second and third round pick to the Bengals, and and then the Bengals were obviously going to send A.J. McCarron. So the, the Bengals submitted their half of the trade to the league office, but the Browns front office and their personnel were too busy celebrating the trade and forgot to submit their half of the trade, and then the deadline passed, so therefore that negated the trade. That is just... I've never heard anything like that. I think whoever whoever the owner is, you just immediately clean house and fire every yeah, single Yeah, you employee. just need to get rid of everyone. Um, you're 0-8 for like the seventh year in a row. You draft the wrong quarterback to start off. Um, just a terrible trade overall. You you offered a second and a third for A.J. McCarron while you didn't offer the same thing for Jimmy Garoppolo last season in the um yeah in the draft and then the San Francisco 49ers go out and just for a second rounder they go and get Jimmy which um I thought was a little little low but I mean it's the same thing that yeah. they were going to get um beforehand cuz I know the Browns offered a second but um I think Jimmy's better than AJ would you agree I know it, Jimmy has like a small small scale right. compared to Well they, uh, they both have they both have small sample sizes. I think McCarron's probably played around 5 or 6 games. Yeah, I mean you can look it up and check me, but um I would say based off the small sample sizes I would probably pick Jimmy G. 
and then the 49ers just completely dunked on the Browns and were like, hey, we're going to get Jimmy G for less than what you guys asked for last year, which is pretty funny. I know um, he's going to be a free agent after this year. So I'm sure the Patriots are happy with a second-round pick. Um, the 49ers are 0-8, so that pick's probably going to fall between 33 and 35, 35 at the, at the least, at the latest. Um, so it's basically a high first-round, early second-round pick. Uh, it's good for the Patriots, but it leaves them with Tom Brady and Brian Hoyer, who they just signed today. Yeah, the 49ers dropped Brian Hoyer, and the Patriots, of course, pick him up. Um, a little upset they didn't get cap. Colin Kaepernick, I feel like that would have been the ultimate FU to the um, the NFL as a league in total, just because it's the Pats who everyone villainizes and Kaepernick who everyone villainized for a decent amount of last year. And even this year, they it would just be comical if they both went and joined forces and Kaepernick got another Super Bowl ring, or, or his first Super Bowl ring. Yeah, I think um, Kaepernick's a much better quarterback than Brian Hoyer. You, you know what you have with Brian Hoyer. He's not a mobile quarterback. He's going to throw interceptions. He's going to miss open wide receivers. At least Kaepernick has the ability to extend the play with his feet. Um, he, he does have a strong arm. He throws lasers. So I just don't think the Patriots want the media distraction that would come with the, the circus that follows Kaepernick. But there were a couple other trades. Um, I want to get your thoughts on the J.J. to the Eagles trade. Um, It's... It's a little weird at first, and then you read into it. Um, the Dolphins are struggling. They have yet to score a rushing TD. Um, Jay Ajayi was kind of being, um, part of my French, a bitch for um, <laughs> most of the season. You can say that. He, st- he started off the year. He was being a baby. He wasn't. He was demanding more touches. They'd get a win, and the, he was being a sourpuss because he still wasn't getting enough touches. He wouldn't go and talk to the head coach, but he'd go to complain to all like the running back coach and the offensive coordinator. Um, so they said, you know what, we don't need you, and they traded him for a fourth-round pick. He was the number four running back last year in mm-hmm. yards, and I think he's somewhere around t- uh, high 20s, 30s now. Yeah. Um, I think it's a smart move by the Dolphins just to um, just to move on. But behind the Eagles' O-line, which is like one of the best in the league, and the Eagles themselves are 7-1, and one, right. best team in football. Right. I think he should, him and LeGarrette Blunt should be able to go and be a steady workforce together. Yeah, I think, you know, after the Dolphins got obliterated on Thursday Night Football um, by Case Keenum, or not by Case Keenum, sorry, by Ryan Mallett and the Baltimore Ravens, I think they're starting to clean house. Um, there are even reports that Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry might get traded um, to the Giants, but the deadline passed without that happening. So I think um, they're going to try to mail it in get as many picks as possible and try to get some good players in the draft. Um, the Eagles, I think, this if they weren't before, they probably are now the Super Bowl favorite. In my yeah, opinion. they're, they're, they're right up be, there for sure. Yeah. Um, Carson Wentz is playing lights out. And just to go and add like a back who was a top five back last year, and he's just, he wasn't doing anything because Miami's um, O-line was ranked in like the very back half of the, um, the NFL in terms of um, protection and whatnot. But yeah. they should definitely be um, favorited now. And now and out of the NFC, anyways. And now, if you're the Eagles, you don't have to play Smallwood. You don't have to play like Garrett Blunt on first and second down or outside the twenty. He can be your goal line back, your red zone back, and then just run a jolly first and second down, try to get chunk yardage. And then this also works in their favor for Carson Wentz running play action, run play action, Jay Jair, Garrett Blunt, and get get yards. 
I just think it adds another dimension to their offense. I um I heard a stat. It was the Eagles have 12 rush plays inside the five. Legarrette's only scored on one. JJ is yet to find the end zone, but I'm damn sure if he finds a way to get inside that five-yard line, he'll make a count. Yeah, and the Eagles' offensive line is exponentially better than the Dolphins' offensive line. Oh, yeah. Um, another one we have is the Bills getting Kelvin Benjamin for a second, oh, third and a seventh rounder. How do you feel about that? See, that was a weird trade to me um, because, like the Jets, a lot of people thought the Bills were going to tank, but they just beat the Raiders 34-14. to They're 4-0 at home, 5-2 and overall, so they're obviously not tanking. Um, Jordan Matthews is hurt a couple weeks ago, but he's back now. So um, they traded away Sammy Watkins. I don't know if that's if Kelvin Benjamin is going to be his replacement. Um, but it gives Tyrod Taylor another weapon, um, another dimension to his offense that they can definitely use moving forward. Um, they're in a tough division. Obviously, the Pats are in their division. Um, so I don't know if they're trying to keep pace in an arms race with the Pats, but it makes them better. Uh, I'm kind of weird for Carolina. Uh, I, I didn't realize Benjamin wasn't having that great of a year. Um, but I, don't, I, don't, I think that it, it takes away from Carolina's production now. So, I don't know what the thought process was there, but definitely good for Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo gets a um, a solid wideout. I know, I feel like Tyrod Taylor's like a poor man's um, Cam Newton, but that leaves them with Shady, Tyrod, um, Kelvin Benjamin, and Zay Jones, a rookie, who might have been one of the worst in the league so far. But given, uh, what are they, 5-2? and two? Yeah, 5-2. and two. Yeah, they're 5-2. and two. The uh, Panthers were 5-3. and three. And they, their defense has been playing well, but their offense is just abysmal. So it was a weird trade because I really thought that Kelvin could stay and they could probably f- um, fly under the radar as like a wild card, and you can just hope Cam, uh, Cam Newton balls out. But um, the Bills, they look, they're a playoff team for sure. They're definitely one of the wild card seeds that I can see. And I know they're playing because at least three of the teams, sorry Jets, but um, at least <laughs> three of the teams in the AFC East are playing for a, a playoff position. I know the patch of front runners by far. Um, but the Bills are right there. The Bills are kind of scary. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Kelvin, Kelvin, gives them, Kelvin gives them a big, deep threat um, person. Yeah, what were, uh, what were some of the games you liked this past week? I know Texans Seahawks was good. Cowboys Niners was good. The Patriots game was good. Um, but what did you like this past week in, uh, in terms of scores? Um I like to text the Seahawks. I actually watched that. Um, 41-38 uh, Seahawks. It came down to the last, uh, basically one of the last plays of the game. Jimmy Graham wide open down the middle. Finds him for the second touchdown. Um, I'm not a Seahawks fan. Uh, I think I state this constantly. <laughs> Russell Wilson is, I don't know, for some reason I just hate him. He's just one of the... He's a nerd. Yeah, he's a nerd. He's a goof. Such a nerd. Goober. Um, Deshaun Watson, and I love him. They're, I feel like they're complete opposites, but they do the yeah, same thing. They look... Deshaun's like a younger Russell, but they're the complete opposite in how they act, I feel like. Um, another good game was... I don't know, was there even any that many good games? Uh, Falcons-Jets. It was rainy. Falcons-Jets, um, great game. Jets. <laughs> the Jets, I, I tuned in for like the last two minutes because the Pats finished before them. And oh my God, the Jets! I don't even Worst think they, two minute drill of all time. Uh, the Jets, I feel like they don't even want to play. They, I think they're like just too wet. It was like it was rainy, and they're well, like, you know what? Rainy. You know what? We're would done you, here. Would you want to play in the rain? Would you pl- want to play a full contact sport in the rain? I'm I a w- big rain guy. I would not. I'm a big rain guy. But um, no, they they had a chance to go and go down the field and score and win the game, and 
they just like they walked up to the line. It was so funny to Dude. watch. It was a total Jets move because like the Jets want to play for a. They want to look like they're playing for something, but they don't. They don't care. know what they want. They don't care at they're all. They're conflicted. <laughs> they don't know what that. I mean, it's funny because they're in every game. They've been in every game except for week two against the Raiders, which they got blown out, and when Marshawn Lynch was dancing all over their graves. But they've been in every game. They took the Pats to the fourth quarter. They took the Falcons to the fourth quarter. They had a 14-point lead over the Dolphins. Um, so they're in every game. I wouldn't consider them tanking because they're 3-5. and five. They did have a three-game win streak, and now they're on a three-game losing streak. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them to go in and lose out now, but... Just lose the rest of I them. I think once they become mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, that's when you'll see Petty and Hackenberg um, and kind of test out what they have. Uh, I think Hackenberg's going to be an absolute dumpster fire. You might still have something in Petty. Uh, he showed flashes of greatness with him and Robbie Anderson last year in the four games that he played. But, you know, it's it's tough because they're in a situation where they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to get the number one overall pick. So they're kind of in the worst place a franchise could be in sports. Um, just the definition of mediocrity. It's like the definition of Jets, too, because it's like all Jets fans are like, let's do this this season. Team does the complete opposite. Yeah, it's Let's like, go get the first round pick or first overall pick. They decide to win like three games and they keep themselves away from all the 0 and 8 teams so far. Yeah, last year was like, all right, we won 10 games the year before. Let's go make the playoffs. They win five games. This year it's like, okay, worst roster in NFL history. Let's lose all 16 games, then go on a three game win streak. So I, I don't, it's just, my, my dad apologized to me over the weekend. He was like, I'm really sorry I made you a Jets fan. I was like, you know what, it's okay because when the Jets do win the Super Bowl in 50 years, I'm going to I'm gonna I'm celebrate gonna like you. no other. <laughs> um, no, it, it has to be tough because, like, the team, I was reading in the summer, to, um, Todd Bowles was like, yeah, we're, we're not going to come out here, we're not going to fold. And they did exactly that on Sunday. They just folded with a, two minutes left, down five, yeah, just it's folded. Interesting to see how they're going to do the rest of the year because the owner – Christopher Johnson was saying that he won't fire the coach, he won't fire the GM if they show progress this season. So, I mean, I don't really know what his definition of progress is. I would say they've showed progress. You know, they were supposed, they were projected to lose every single game. They're they're not favored in a single game for the rest of the season, so they're not not supposed to win a game. But they have showed flashes. Their young players are playing well. Um, Robbie Anderson, <coughs> Jamal Adams, Marcus May, they're all showing flashes of greatness. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out the rest of the year. How about um, the Texans owner and those comments? You, you hear about that? Yeah, that was um, woof. That's a big woof there. You um, you hate to see that. That was something that you, makes you kind of squirm. You did he really say that? Did he? Yeah, uh, he did. Was, and man, were they pissed! Oh my goodness! I thought I wish we had sound bites of DeAndre Hopkins because that man probably went on a tear inside that locker room. I could. Uh, I he had a fantastic game. Though. He did. He balled out. Um, I can't believe they act- he went and said that, though. That was wild. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, um, at the NFL owners and, and players meeting this past week, Bob McNair, who owns the Texans, um, kind of talking about the NFL protests, and he doesn't like how the, the players are kind of dictating um, the, Im- the NFL image in the media and all that stuff. So he was like, I don't want the inmates running the prison. He used that metaphor to describe the players kind of dictating how the NFL is being portrayed in the media, um, how the NFL is being portrayed to fans and all that stuff, but he said the inmates running the prison, definitely not the choice of words I would have yeah, used. Yeah, that's, um, if you're going to shoot yourself in the foot with a shotgun right there, probably like a bazooka, and even from around the league, you heard it from players like, 
Richard Sherman. He's he was tweeted out. Oh, it's like that. Um, it's really something to and they, Richard Sherman played against his team that week. Right. Um, it was nice to see though that they um, the Texans team came together. And they took a knee in protest, most of them. I think a good majority of them. Yeah, I think only 10 active players in the roster actually stood. Um, everyone else took a knee. There was even talk of them boycotting the game. Um, when this came out, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday, DeAndre Hopkins went home. A couple of players refused to practice. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a tough situation. Um, I'm sure the team is going to handle it the best they can. Um, I really feel for their coaching staff and, and their front office having to – to play for an owner and work for an owner that that says egregious comments like that, it's it's pretty upsetting that um, in today's age, you, if you have a bunch of money, you think you can say whatever you want and then not suffer the the consequences or feel the repercussions. Um, but we'll see com- what comes out um, and and kind of how their reaction is is moving forward. Wiggins attacking Richardson. Oh, Andrew Wiggins flying through the air again. Switching gears, we're going to the uh, we're going to the hard court. We're going to talk a little bit of NBA. A hard court action. A hard court action. Um, Celtics tied for first with Magic, won five in a row. They play the Knicks tonight. Somehow. Should be another dub. Somehow. Um, this team's rallied together. I love this team, even without Gordon Hayward, who Ugh. is now rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace for the season. Oh my um, gosh. I saw his leg go in like seven different ways, and they I, still they were still within one one basket of beating the Cavs to be six and two in the best in the. I still have nightmares about that injury. Yeah, but they've come together. They're um the young guns are absolutely mowing teams down. Jalen Brown's on a whole another level. He's up to 17 points per game, which is uh 12 more than what he was averaging five points. Um, high- highlights after highlights. Jason Tatum's looking to be the steal of the draft at the three pick. It's not even a steal, but when you look at Markel Fultz who's even playing, and then Lonzo Ball is doing pretty well, but yeah, Lonzo's doing well. But um, um, Tatum's over there, and then Kyrie's just looking like a personal killer out there. He's making it a point to m- make every team's bitch, and he's I doing didn't it pretty well. Kyrie could pass. Kyrie can. Um, you can see. That's what he was saying before the season. He said he wants to go and expand his um, what, what people see about him, and he's him. dropping steady twenty and he's making passes out there. They're playing. They played the Spurs the other night. And I think they're moving the ball better than the Spurs. They dominated them for most of the game. Um, Magic surprise team um, tied for first. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not gonna say I know. I know many things about the Magic. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say no one really <laughs> knows that much about the Magic, but everyone's sleeping on them. So yeah. the good teams come in there and they they're just dominating. They got um, Aaron Gordon who's playing out of his mind. Alfred Payton's not Aaron doing Judge. too bad. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron Aaron Gordon and Aaron Judge look very similar. Both share the same name. Coincidence? Definitely not. I mean, ESPN is still kind of shafting them. Uh, it has him 12th on their power rankings. Um, I mean, Evan Fournier into the mix, too. He's definitely doing well. Uh, their third possessions per game this season at 4-2. and two. Um, You know, up 19 spots from the last power rankings. Way to go, ESPN. Sleep on the Magic just like I am because I know no next knows nothing about them. About them. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're probably going to be a top-10 team by the end of next week. And uh, hopefully they'll keep pace in the East. Um, funny. Where are the Cavs? The Cavs in the power rankings or in the standings? Um, I'm going to talk about the standings. I don't care about the power rankings. ESPN so, lies. In the in the standings, they're tenth in the East, but in the power rankings, they are seventh overall. I'm not sure how that happens. It's LeBron, oh wait, it's a little wrong effect. effect. Um, yeah, Cavs are abysmal right now. They can't figure it out. Um, it's because they got worse. Tyron Lue is 
saying that everyone's tired. LeBron's tired. They're not having fun. Um, they can get over it. The they need to figure themselves out. They can't wait till it comes back because then they'll be fighting for a a five. Yeah. Tilu um, called a team meeting. He was like, "You guys aren't having fun right now. Morale is low. You guys are losing. Um, you you're letting up 123 points to non-playoff teams from a year ago. That's pretty embarrassing." Um, this just kind of seals LeBron's fate. He's gone after the year when they lose in the finals again. Yeah, I can I can <laughs> totally picture him leaving. Um, yeah, they lost the Nets, the Pelicans, um, the Magic. They almost lost to the Bulls. Yeah, they almost lost to the Bulls, um, who are one into four. They're abysmal They're too. They're also terrible. Um, I don't know what it is. Dwayne Wade starts on the he starts um, the like first a, couple games like with the games. two, and then JR gets mad. JR Smith starts. They're still losing. LeBron plays point guard. Le- yeah, LeBron's playing point guard as uh, like 6'9", 250. Played well, though. Yeah, I think he's third in the league in assists, which, I mean, hey, doesn't really... Yeah, third in the league with 9.3 assists per game. Um, yeah, hey, he's nasty. Whatever he wants to do, he can. He's the best player I've ever seen him play. But, um, yeah, no, it's just funny to watch him struggle. But LeBron held a um, a Halloween party the other day, so maybe they had fun there. Maybe they'll turn yeah, their... Yeah, he dressed uh, up as Pennywise. Yeah, maybe they'll turn their team more team around for a little bit. Could you picture a 6'9", 250-pound Pennywise just running at you? No. I would, um, I feel like that's actually how the movie predicts, like, or makes out Pennywise to be. I'd probably pass out in fear. Yeah, uh, fear. I think I'd just be dead. I'd probably kill myself. <laughs> um, Western, we're gonna switch Western Conference. Um, the Grizz first place, sole possession of first place at 5-2. and two. Um, we don't know how long they'll keep on to that because the Rockets are 5-3, and three. Warriors are five and three. Warriors put up 141 points the other night. Well, that's without Steph Curry even playing the fourth. Um, he never plays the fourth. Yeah, I was about to say. I'm pretty sure I saw him take out the fourth in a. Um, but as you know, the, the, the game is four quarters because he's always <laughs> resting the fourth. But um, yeah, 141. I think it was on the Clippers tour in second place. Um, it's just not fair at all. They're so good. Um, hopefully Draymond gets suspended some more. Um, that'd be that funny. Was, that'd be funny. Um, what, do you, what do you like? What do you think about the Thunder? No, they're working on it. Carmelo has really come out, and he's proven to be the shooter that we've all thought, like we all know he's been, but hasn't been of lately on the Knicks. Um, I don't think Russell will average a triple-double again, but he will get a massive amount of triple-doubles just because the options are all there. Paul George is finding his way on the team. Um, Steven Adams is getting their boards, um, putting in what he does. Uh, It's just their bench. They don't have a deep bench. They got Roberson. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, Grant coming off the bench. There's not, not it's not what you want out of a bench when you're going, especially if you're going up the Warriors bench, with um, rookie Jordan Bell who's just putting highlight dunk after highlight dunk. I'm, yeah. I think he's dunked on like three souls so far this season. If Roberson could shoot, he would be the sixth man of the year every single year. Oh no doubt. But, but he is the worst shot in the history of the NBA. I think. It's laugh out loud funny how Behind bad Marco Fultz now. Yeah, who I'm pretty sure has a torn AC, uh, not torn ACL. AC joint. It's your knee there. Yeah, yeah. A torn AC joint. Something in your shoulder. But um, how do you torn. feel with the Rockets? I like the Rockets. The Rockets, uh, I mean, Chris Paul was hurt a little bit last week, so I really haven't seen too many things from James Harden and Chris Paul. I mean, kind of, kind of similar to the Thunder. They don't really have much of a bench because they traded it all to L.A., the yeah, Clippers. to go um, find Chris Paul. Who's I think, injured. you know, uh, 
Harden likes that spot up three. Um, he's going to be open every time Chris Paul is handling the ball down the court. He's not going to get double teamed, um, which he was more points for him. So, um, you know, D'Antoni, uh, he's an offensive genius. Uh, he just doesn't coach defense. So they're going to be good, good offensively, but we'll see how they can hold up defensively and then stack up against the rest of the West there. And I want to get your thoughts on Giannis. Yep. I don't think he's averaged or he's gotten less than 30 points in a game unless he got like 28 once. I think it was. I think his lowest point total of the season is 28. Yeah, he's averaging 34 a game. Um, he, I could see him putting up – actually, no, I can see him averaging a double-double and like a fat double-double at that, like a 30 and like 17 boards. I just know he's not going to find the assist because he doesn't really need to assist when he can just dunk from the free throw line at ease. Yeah, no, I mean, a week ago, I mean, he just had an amazing week. He posted totals of 32, 28, 33, and I think a couple days ago he had 43 or 44 points, something like that. Uh, he's just insane. He's good rebounding and assist numbers, too. It's not like he's just scoring. He's helping out his team um, in every way he can. That's going to be a nice team in a couple of years, a really, really good team. We're going to make some noise. Yeah, they have a solid um, solid core. Um, Thon Maker, Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton. Uh, Tony Snell is good off the bench. They have um they have depth and they should be, um in the playoffs especially they should be a threat. Yeah. Um, a lot more than say like a Toronto Raptors or um a Wizards. Yeah, they're definitely not on the decline. I mean, I think the Raptors and the Wizards, you know, we know what they are. Um, we know their potential, but I just feel like the Bucks, as they get more experience, as they play more meaningful games in April and in June and make it to the playoffs, then I think they're just gonna get better from there. I don't really think. This team needs too much more to to add to be a championship contender. I just think they need to let their younger players grow and prosper, and hopefully Jabari Park can get back can get back to what to what he was before his injuries. But you know, I think this team has all the tools. It's just a matter of them putting it together or not. And now we move to the frozen tundra of Green Bay. No, not Green Bay, not Green Bay. The NHL though, the NHL moved to the ice. Uh, season got underway a couple weeks ago. Uh, started a little bit before basketball did. Um, we're about 10 to 12 games in, depending on the team. Uh, what do you like so far from the NHL as well? Um, the Lightning, I guess. They're just playing electric. They're a total electric factory. Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov are just both far and beyond anyone, any two players on the same team. I think it's really unfair, honestly. Stamkos leading the league in points with 24. Kucherov leading the league in goals with 13. 24 points in 13 games. Light work. That, yes, <laughs> it's light work. Um, that's, um, yeah, they're, they're a team that looks poised. They look poised and determined after last year. They, um, they really want to uh, make a case for being a Stanley Cup team. Another thing is the um, Penguins, they win it last year, they come back, and... Are fourth and f- they're fourth in the um, metropolitan division, yeah. and I they're getting buried. I, I saw the uh, the other day they lost eight one. I saw they lost seven two the like they two lost weeks ago. Ten one to the Blackhawks a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like one of the first games. Um, so I mean they've won seven games, but I don't know how they're letting up that many goals. I will say that the metropolitan metropolitan division is the best division in hockey, and it was last year too. Um, so they're coming off two cup wins. They obviously have a huge, huge target on their back. Um, so it's definitely not going to be easy for them. They're going to get every team's best every single night. Um, they know that um, the other teams are going to play up to their level. 
you know, what's interesting is that they are like fifth or sixth in the Eastern Conference, but they have the third worst goal differential. They're they're at a minus 14 goal differential. I know a lot of that stems from that 10-1 loss to the Blackhawks, um, but that just kind of speaks volumes to their defense. You know, Latang um, and those guys, they got to really step it up. But, um, you know, your Bruins, your Bruins are kind of hanging in there. Yeah. Four, three, and three. Um, ten, I was looking at it. played. What are you What are you thinking from them so far? I was looking up the um, the standings and I was like, oh, they're in fifth place. How about that? And then I looked at it and that was just in the Atlantic Division. So, yeah, um, that's <laughs> that's where we're at. Um, Bergeron's not doing too bad. the The young guys are doing good. It's um, it's a struggle. I don't know where they're gonna go. Tuka's um, Tuka's not having the best of seasons, and it's shown. Um, their backup really can't hang that well. Um, it's a struggle uh, to be a Bruins fan right now. That's why um, I'm thankful I have my Celtics to um, keep <laughs> me company this winter. But it's all right. Um, they're at least they're better than the uh, Phoenix Coyotes. And holy crap, are they bad? They won yeah, their Cody's first game terrible. the other day, but minus 23 goal differential. They're getting absolutely pummeled. It's it's something to. It's a fright fest. Down the NHL there. was weird this year because the Coyotes were a team. They pulled off a trade. Um, they got Derek Stepan and Antti Ranta from the Rangers. Um, Ranta was supposed to be the number one goalie, but he's been hurt. Um, so I think they're on their third or fourth goalie. They just traded for Scott Wedgwood from the Devils, who is the Devils' third string goalie, who is now playing for the Coyotes, uh, which kind of speaks volume to the situation they're in right now. But they still have young guys. They have Duclair. They have Max Domi. Um, uh, they have Strom. Uh, they have Ekman Larson. So they still have good guys on their team, guys who can play in the NHL and play at a high level in the NHL. Um, I just think they have to figure it out. You know, obviously going 1-8 and eight or 1-9, and nine, whatever they are now, it's it's going to be tough to make the playoffs. But um, that's the thing with, with the NHL, though. If you, get beh- if you get behind early, it's so hard to catch up because points come at such a premium. You know, I mean, I can't really talk because the Rangers aren't doing doing much better. The Rangers are 4-7-2. Uh, had, had a big win last night. Uh, 6-4 against the, the Vegas Knights, who are one of the best teams in the NHL. Um, you know, they were trailing 4-2 um, going into the third and ended up winning in 6-4. Up until that game, though, um, there was actually talk of the Rangers possibly firing their coach, uh, which I agree with because I hate their coach with a passion. Um, he, he's been terrible. He mismanages the lineup. He puts their best offensive players on the fourth line. Um, he sends down their best defensemen to the AHL. Um, no one really understands this because no one really understands hockey. But um, the lineup's a, uh, an important part. Um, last night, Pavel Buchnevich was actually on the first line for the first time all season. He put up three points. Um, shocking when you actually put the players where they're supposed to be. Um, so they came back and won that game. Um, you know, maybe it's a turning point. Uh, maybe it saves Vigneault's job, who's the Rangers coach. You know, we'll see. But I'm hoping not just for your sake. I hope he gets fired. Yeah. I think anyone I else think would you, be better if, at this point. You and Ev might have a party. If, um, shout out Ev Kelly. Um, tall Four blonde. one? What? <laughs> tall blonde kid, in case you guys were wondering who it is. Yeah, um, I think we did, we, did, we got to say a quick thing here. Um, Formula One is probably the stupidest sport in the history of yeah, sports. Yeah, um, I'm not, I don't count any racing to be a sport. I'll be honest. Um, NASCAR, not a sport. Drag not a sport. racing, not a sport. Not Unless a sport. it's the street drag racing that they play on Discovery Channel, that show is sick. The only car racing I like is when in Boy Scouts you created a car with your oh, dad or whatever. Pinewood Derby? And then you went down a hill. That's the only racing that counts as a sport. So our roommate loves Formula One, loves it, absolutely lo- watches it every week. 2 p.m. in Texas, 2 p.m. in Maui, wherever, wherever they go, he's watching it. 
and it, it drives me nuts because I hate watching racing. Yeah, he put on a um, he put on a Formula One race the other or not the other day, like the other week, and it was primetime football. I was gonna say I lost a gasket. Oh my god, I wanted to punch him square in the teeth. No, we, we're under we're generous guys. We're understanding guys. If he wants to watch Formula One occasionally from time to time, feel free, be my guest. But you're telling me you want to watch Formula One, 2 p.m. on a Sunday? No, thank you. Mm-mm, no, not thank you. That's my time. Go somewhere else, F. Sorry. <laughs> Get out. That's just our roommate rant of the week. Sorry you guys had to hear that. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, minor league football here. We're going NCAA football. football. The uh, first college football play- uh, playoff rankings came out, and we've got an upset. Huge Georgia, upset. number one, 8-0. Bama, number two, 8-0. They've been ranked number one all year why the change i don't know um yeah starting at the top uh they're both eight no uh georgia just came off a huge win though um i mean they alabama's been ranked number one in the ap poll the whole season um they were the preseason uh number one favorite um they haven't budged from the top spot all year uh the bulldogs do have better wins um you know the tide tried to schedule a marquee non-conference game um before state was was a terrible team at the time, so that w- that was a week one game in which their quarterback got hurt. Um, so that's really not a quality win for the Tide. You know, the Georgia have Georgia beat Notre Dame, who's number three, which I'm sure we'll get to them in a second. Um, that's obviously a huge win being the number three team in the nation. So I just think um, the committee really placed an emphasis on scheduling. Um, Wiswell just dropped his mic, so I'm it's absolutely broken. Tried not to laugh; <laughs> he just completely broke his microphone. Um, what was I saying? You know, yeah, I mean, quality, quality of wins. You know, strength of schedule. The committee values those things more than anything else. So, as long as both those teams are undefeated, I see Georgia taking the top spot when the season's all said and done. Oh, Jesus. Um. <laughs> uh, that uh, that Florida State game. They um they go out and they lose. Florida State loses their um. Starting quarterback, they start a true freshman, and he just gets wiped. I honestly think Alabama's playing better. They, they play, um, they play all the regular SEC teams, and they're just dominating. Vanderbilt fifty nine nothing. Mississippi is miss, yeah. Mississippi sixty six three. Beat. They punched Texas A and M in the face twenty seven nineteen. Bang. Um, Arkansas, Tennessee. Um, shout out Holmes. You got smacked forty five seven. Suck at Holmes. <laughs> And oh, suck it again, Holmes! You lost to Georgia forty-one nothing. Tennessee uh, sucks, Holmes. Yeah, Tennessee's garbage. Um, but I don't know. I'm a ba- I'm not a Bama fan, but whenever I get to see Bama, I love to watch them because I really think they could go. Because they're better than the Browns. What? Because they they are better than the Browns. They're probably better than the Jets, honestly. Boy. Um, beat yeah Notre Dame. High school. Yeah, shout out Notre Dame Academy, uh, right across the street from UNH. Super Powerhouse. Cool, super cool place. Um, my roommate freshman year went there. He transferred, but... I wonder if Adidas sh- is paying them to go to Louisville. Hi- Ooh, a little, uh, little hot take there. Maybe. Uh, Notre Dame coming in third. A little bit third. shocking. Coming in hard. Coming in hot at third. Seven and one. And then Clemson, who, of course, was um, two for a while. They lose um, Syracuse. In yeah. a uh, in a heartbreaker. I'm surprised they're still four. That was a terrible loss. Yeah, that was not good for them. Um, also, I thought Ohio State would have gotten more love for beating Penn State, who was number two. Um, so Oklahoma is five at seven and one. Ohio State is six at seven and one. 
and then Penn State is number seven at seven and one. Um, Penn State obviously drops a couple spots um, from being number two in the AP poll to now being seven in the college football playoff rankings because of that loss to Ohio State. Um, Urban Meyer, fun fact, undefeated at home after bye week. I did not stop hearing you say that as undefeated soon as, at home as soon as that final drive came up after bye week. I called that win. No, they were losing by two touchdowns, I think, at one point, but I knew they were to come back and win. So I'm surprised they're at six. Oklahoma, who beat Ohio State, I guess that makes sense, is at five. Um, you know, it's it's tough because anything can happen on any given week. But if Ohio State goes on to win the Big Ten Championship, I think they, they get, get a, they get into they the get top, top four. four. I think they, they do. should. Um, rightfully so. I really think Notre Dame loses one of these last games they play. I agree. Um, it'd just be really funny because I feel like that's what Notre Dame does. Everyone gets on the bandwagon and everyone hops right off like two weeks later. What do you think of Wisconsin being 8-0 and then the U, Miami, being 7-0, um, being ranked 9-10 and respectively? I saw rumors of um, Wisco going like 5 or 6. I didn't see them making the top, um, the top 4 just because they don't play... Um, the as good as teams as, uh, say like an Alabama or a Georgia does. Yeah, they don't they don't play teams. It's just they don't have the quality wins that the counterpart teams do. I mean, if they do run the table, I mean they'll get a win at Ohio State. They'll probably get a win. They'll get a win at Ohio State or Penn State in the Big Ten title game. So if if that happens, then maybe they get into the top four. But it's hard to envision that team beating Ohio State or Penn State. Um, but if they do run the table. Um, it's going to be really tough for the committee to leave out a Big Ten team who is undefeated. Um, kind of same thing with Miami. The Hurricanes the U. are... The U. The U. The U. Uh, they're undefeated, um, which is definitely the goal, but they haven't really looked impressive, um, and they don't really have a signature win. So while these two teams are undefeated, the committee definitely um, values a strength of schedule um, over being undefeated. Um, quick plug to the um, number twenty twenty or number twenty 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 two overall Arizona Wildcats. Uh, bear down. This one's for uh, Sage. He, Sage. He keeps on texting me to trade him Carson Wentz right now, and we'll see. But man, do they have a Heisman candidate with them? Um, the man's Khalil Tate. He was their backup quarterback. Their their uh, first string goes down in a game against Utah, which they lose. And he comes out and he balls. Um, 327 yards, 230 yards, um, 130 and 140. Those are all just passing yards. He comes out with another 154, 148, 166, and 275 rushing yards to add on to that. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've never heard of You've that man never in my heard entire of life. No one has heard of him. He I've av- never heard of him. Five touchdowns the first week. That's impressive, though. Three, three, three. Only two interceptions all season. The man is just an electric factory to watch. Oh my God, is he exciting? Say less. An Say absolute less. electric factory. Sage, you got a gem over there. That a boy, Sage. He said you said he was their backup. He was their backup at the time. Yeah. At like to start this year or, or last year he was to start this year. Really? Um, in their fourth game. What do you know, coach. Yeah, right. Uh, the fourth game against Utah. The um, their starter goes down. He comes in. He's just been. Absolutely dominant since. I wonder if we can get Bull Bull and Sharif's take on that. Probably all hype. I don't even think Bull Bull speaks English still. Probably not. It's unfortunate. Home crowd showing some appreciation. 
Johnson places the ball on the spot, getting ready. That man literally has a cannon for a leg. Yes, he does. Here he goes, winding up for the shot, and... Oh! The cannon has fired and hit Sterling directly to the face. We okay, folks. Now we move across the pond and then probably back across the pond again. Talk some footy. Ooh, we're going across the pond here. Um, EPL action. Live action. We're doing it live. Manchester City, still number one. 28 points, five ahead of rival Manchester United. Alphabetical? Uh, oh, no. no. They're blowing them. Oh, Manchester wow. uh, City's on so much fire. Um, it's scary. It's scary how good they are. Um, Tottenham, third with 20. And Chelsea, measly 19. Big, whoa, big matchup. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have Chelsea at 19 and Arsenal at 19. But Chelsea's ahead even though their team starts with a C and Arsenal starts with an A. Explain that to me. Goal differential. Is Stupid. that a hot take or is that just a normal take? They're up by two goals. I feel like alphabetical order should take precedence over goal differential, in my opinion. That'd be something, though. I feel like that's what they do in, like, um, like a rec sports. Like, oh, you got, you're, like, Team A. Well, you beat Team Z by a whole lot, then. While we're talking about rec sports, um, shout-out to Mouse at the Matt Court for dominating uh, Sigma Alpha Epsilon in a roller hockey, actually, excuse me, four hockey championship game. Oh, facts. Um, I'm going to go and shout out my co-host, Dan Kurtz. Barry's five, count them, one, two, three, four, five in the, uh, in the finals. How does it feel? Uh, it feels good. I don't really want to humble brag. Uh, shout out Kevin Van Dyke. But, um, you know, it feels good to, to get a team win, to get a shirt. Um, you know, I was pretty angry the whole game because my team in front of me, or behind me sucked, except Fizzle. for you. Um, but you know, it was it was a good team win. Um, we got we got the the bragging rights and we got the shirt. So a great night for Mouse at the Mac Court. Back across the pond, um, we got a um, we got two big games to go and watch this week. We got Manchester City playing Arsenal. Um, Arsenal has Alexis Sanchez, who Man City are looking to buy this January. Do we see a um, a Man City beatdown, and Alexi's just like, that's it. I'm coming to you guys. We might. Um, and then we got Chelsea versus Man United. Uh, Chelsea, fifth place, obviously looking to go and get back into it. And Man U looking to stay hot. Uh, I'm hoping for a Chelsea win and hoping for a Man City W. That's because who I am. Um, but MLS playoffs, the uh, the most riveting time of the year. Oh, yes. Um, we have a, um, a former slash still does it, New York... Um, Red Bull job, uh, not job, employee. Employee, yes. How do you feel about your Red Bulls? They um, they lose 2-1 you at know, home. Um, I'm not going to claim to know anything about soccer, but working for the team all summer, um, they definitely have a soft spot in my heart. It was tough to see them lose to a Canadian team. You know, like, screw Canada, right? Um, it's tough for BWP, Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, former league MVP, to take a hard L uh, in the playoffs there, but it was a good season. Uh, I had fun working for the team. Um, you know, I, I once witnessed Bradley Wright Phillips score a goal, so that's kind of my claim to fame in life, I think. Um, you know, it's, it's tough, but a great season all around, on and off the field. And what Dan does know is they still have a second game to play. I love soccer. <laughs> uh, that's it, guys. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> follow us on uh, Twitter. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Um, follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Google Plus. 
Follow uh, us on MySpace. I miss MySpace. Um, subtle plug here. This Friday, 8.30 p.m., West Haven High School, the University of New Haven men's ice hockey team takes on UConn. Um, should be a great game. Um, a lot of back and forth action. And uh, get rowdy. It's a white out. Uh, great atmosphere. That means wear white, folks. Wear um, white. I've heard a rumor that Dan Kurtz is actually, um, he's demanding a W and he knows he's going to get a W. Can you confirm slash can you not confirm? Dan Kurtz is confirming a W. He's guaranteeing a win. Um, guaranteeing a win. I guarantee to win in that Rec Sports Championship, and I can do it again. Um, oh, so my goodness. There's, there's no way UNH loses this game. This man does no wrong. That's all the time we have. Thank you, guys. Have a good week.